Tool number one, how to meal plan. If you ask me, what's the one single most effective weight loss tool? It would be meal planning. Meal planning is a domino habit that makes everything else so much easier. By the way, real quick, I want to distinguish the difference between meal planning and meal prep. Meal planning is simply sitting down and deciding what you'll eat in the next 24 hours or what meals you'll have on what days this week. You don't actually have to prepare the food you're planning in that moment. Meal prep is often referred to as batch cooking, where you make many servings of a single meal and portion it out and save it for lunches or various meals throughout the week. Both tactics can be very valuable. Sometimes folks get caught up and then discouraged with meal prep because A, it takes a while to cook and portion out all the food, and B, it can get boring to eat the same thing over and over again throughout the week. If that's you, it's all good. Don't let that discourage you from at least doing a little meal planning. So first of all, why plan your meals? Well, number one, it takes away the decision fatigue of trying to figure out what to eat in the moment when you're often tired and stressed. Number two, you can make your meal plan when you're feeling most rested, have more willpower, and thus you can make better decisions for yourself. Number three, often you can look ahead and predict what days that will be more hectic and plan a meal that's easy to cook on those days because it takes less time and effort. For example, okay, I know that Johnny has basketball practice on Tuesday night. We won't get home until 7.15, so I'll need to plan for something quick and easy that night. Number three, you actually save money by not buying food you end up wasting because you don't eat it and not spending extra money on last minute takeout. Who doesn't like more dollars in their wallet? So here are some common objections to meal planning. Number one, I don't have time. Well, meal planning actually saves time in the long run. Number two, what if I don't feel like eating what I planned for that night? No problem, have a backup plan or be willing to be flexible. Number three, I'm just too tired. Actually, planning reduces stress and fatigue because you're limiting the number of decisions you have to make. Incidentally, this also improves your willpower because the less decisions you make, the less drain on your willpower. And number four, I don't know what to plan. Easy, make a list or a chart of five to seven meals that the family likes and just rotate through them. How to get started with meal planning. There are lots of different ways to meal plan. You can, and should, absolutely test, experiment, tweak, and adjust the process to fit your life and your preferences. So let me ask you, are you the kind of person who likes a little bit of flexibility and you wanna be able to cook or eat, you know, quote, what you are in the mood for tonight? Or do you prefer to know, all right, X is for dinner tonight, so then you don't have to think about it. Depending on the kind of person you are, you might resonate with one of the following methods below. Either flexible planning, fewer decisions planning, or one day at a time planning. Let's take those one at a time. Flexible planning. If you're more the kind of person who likes to feel what you're in the mood for, then try an approach like this. 
Step one, at the beginning of the week, identify four or five meals that you'd like to have at some time this week. Step two, buy the ingredients for those meals. Step three, then when it comes time to cook, you know that you can either have meal A, meal B, or meal C, and you have a choice, but with healthy boundaries. That gives you a way to plan healthy meals for yourself while still giving you some wiggle room to flex in the moment. Fewer decisions planning. If you like the idea of not having to think about it, try this. Try mapping out five to eight meals that you know that you and the family enjoy. Then plan out which meals you'll have on which nights of the week. Plus, if you save your menus for the week, after a few weeks, you've got a treasure trove of plans so you don't have to keep reinventing the meal plan wheel. For example, Monday is taco night. Wait, shouldn't tacos be on Tuesday? Tuesday is chicken with rice. Wednesday, I know I'll have to work late, so we'll plan to have a healthy takeout night at, let's say, Panera or Moe's. Thursday is turkey burgers with oven fries, but no bun. And Friday is steak with a side of broccoli. Obviously, that's just an example. But if you can identify meals you like and then plan ahead, that removes the decision fatigue and you end up saving time and money and calories in the long run. Just one day at a time planning. If that's a little much for you, it's okay. Let's look at simply planning for one day at a time and making sure the plan feels doable for you. Here's how it works. Each day, either the night before or the morning of, make a plan for what you want to eat during the day. However, you have to put the stuff on the plan that you actually think you will want to eat. That means if you think you'll want ice cream, put it on the plan. If you think you'll want to graze on snacks, put it on the plan. There is no food that is off limits. The only rule is, if you have a craving for something that's not on your plan, you still get to have it tomorrow, when you've planned for it. Give yourself the freedom to make a plan that you actually think you can stick to. Even if you think, I'll never lose weight eating this, that is okay. You are creating the practice of showing up for yourself and following through on the promises you make for yourself. Over time, if you want to start adjusting what goes on the plan, great, but only if you think you'll want to stick to it. This is not about losing weight yet. That will come in time. This is about practicing the skill of learning to trust yourself and trust that you will only make promises to yourself that you know you will keep. If you're thinking the food that I planned isn't good enough or healthy enough, then you might be doing it right. Because if you wanted to eat that way that the diet guru told you to, then you would already be doing it. Eat in a way that you can show up for yourself. Stop trying to be perfect and be honest with yourself about what you will actually eat. When you feel safe around food, you don't need to overcorrect with a binge because you're not depriving yourself. There's no making up for it the next day or needing to take a break over the weekend because you actually like the way you're eating. When you deprive yourself all week long, the problem is not the weekend, it's the restriction. Decide that you are worth the time and thought it takes to plan out your meals. Decide that you are worthy of telling yourself the truth about what you will eat. 
You're always learning and that's okay. Make plans that are so easy, they'll be hard to break. You might be surprised that planning to have a treat food during the day actually results in eating less because you never get to the point where you think, well, I screwed up the day, so I might as well have more. By the way, if you do decide to try this method, you might find yourself feeling a little guilty about how much overeating you've been doing in the past. Please hear this. You've got to drop the guilt. Your past self did the best she could. Please stop bullying your past self. If you don't learn how to change the conversation with yourself, then you will never learn to lose the weight and keep it off. If you are harsh and terrible to yourself, you will always be looking for the diet that treats you in the same way. Frankly, you deserve better. Start building trust with yourself. No more punishing yourself for being overweight. You did nothing wrong. You just never got the opportunity to learn how to talk to yourself in a supportive way. It's time for that cycle to change. It's time for that mindset to change. When to plan. A great way to start with meal planning is first, look at the calendar and pick a time of the week that you know you'll feel a little more rested and perhaps have some mental bandwidth to think out what you would like to eat the coming week. Weekends tend to work well, but again, adjust according to your life. Then put in your calendar, make an appointment with yourself. If you need to, ask a friend to hold you accountable to actually doing it. Next, figure out how many meals you want to plan. I usually start with dinners. That's the time of day when I'm least on my game and most likely to say, screw it, I don't feel like cooking. I don't especially love cooking and I really don't love figuring out what's for dinner. So I do myself a favor by planning ahead so that I only have to think about it once during the week rather than seven times during the week. Because I care about my future self and I know that I don't like thinking a whole lot after 5 p.m., I give myself the gift of not having to think about what's for dinner, except for just once a week. I usually plan on Sunday mornings, but you know, it depends. Then look at your schedule. When is baseball practice? When are piano lessons? When do you have that work meeting that might go late? Think about what time you'll get home and plan accordingly. How much time will you have to cook each evening? On nights when you have more time, you can plan for something that requires a little more attention. On nights when you're pressed for time, plan something super easy and quick. Make it easy. When you know you'll have less time to cook, make it easier to choose a healthy meal. For example, many stores have pre-cooked dishes and pre-cooked meat. All you have to do is pop it in the oven and bake it at 350 for 25 minutes and you're good to go. Also, there are plenty of in-the-bag microwavable veggies that are easy to prepare. Match up a protein and a vegetable and you're done. Some nights are just made for takeout. Think about the takeout places that you like. What is the healthiest meal that you can order from those places? The idea is to give your future self a break by giving yourself the gift of not having to decide in the moment. Okay, now let's talk about meal prep. If you do decide that you want to do some food prep as well as meal planning, here are some ideas to get you started. Let's start with lunch. Consider preparing a big batch of salad for the week. Then on any given day, you can warm up a protein like pre-cooked chicken or last night's leftovers. 
portion out a serving of salad on top of that, then top everything with extras like hard-boiled egg slices or avocado or shredded cheese, and you're good to go. By the way, little tip, I like salsa as a salad dressing because it's tasty and it has very few calories and very little sugar, but experiment with what works for you. Snacks. Try using weekend time to cut up a bunch of vegetables. I like cut peppers and cucumbers, but carrots and broccoli and cauliflower can work really well too. Often there are pre-cut bags of veggies that are easy to grab at the store. Generally speaking, if the healthy food isn't easy to grab, then you're not likely to choose it. So once you pre-cut the veggies, bag them into single serving bags to make it as easy as possible to choose the healthy option during a busy day. This one tip alone, putting things into single serving bags, has increased my veggie intake tenfold. Meal prepping with the kids. If you have kids, there are lots of things they can do to help with prep for their lunches for the week. Kids can bag up five days worth of lunches that will go in their lunch bags each morning. Pre-cut carrots and broccoli can be easy for the kids to portion into bags for lunch. Five bags of each item for five days. On any given morning, all you have to do is grab one bag of pretzels, one bag of apples, one bag of cheese slices, one bag of veggies, toss it all in their lunchbox, and you're good to go. Usually, people have more time on weekends. That can be a time to shop and prep for the week. If you know what the kids' lunches will be each day, grab the family and sort it out by day. So, for example, one kid is in charge of putting all the cheese slices into Ziploc baggies. One kid can be in charge of putting a handful of goldfish into baggies and counting out five for the week. If something requires cutting, like apple slices, you can be in charge of cutting and then have a kiddo place them in the baggies. Rinse and repeat this process for each food item that goes in their lunch. This one habit has made my mornings infinitely better. Plus, now the kids are old enough to do it themselves, which is so glorious. Give it a try. Pre-logging. If you've decided that you want to use an app to log your food and calories, sometimes it can be tedious to remember to log all of your meals. One thing that some people find helpful is to pre-log the foods and drinks that they plan to eat during the day to check and see where that will put them in terms of total calories for the day. By the way, using an app to count calories, totally optional, but some people like it. If you do, pre-logging helps in two ways. It gives you an idea of where you are in your budget and how much is too much, awareness for the win, and it can serve as a pre-commitment device. It helps you make a small promise to yourself that this is what I plan to eat today. And even if you go off of it a little bit, it's still better than having no plan at all. Alternative ways to log your food. Food logging is not for everyone. It's a great way to be more aware of the food you're taking in, but it can also be tiresome and it can lead to feeling a little obsessive about calories sometimes. Also, calorie counting can backfire. If you get discouraged early in the day, it can lead to giving up, and naturally that's not going to lead to success. In the long run, the goal is not to get really good at estimating how many calories are in a bowl of granola or in a serving of chicken cacciatore. The goal is to get in touch with your body and learn what makes your body feel good while not getting overly full or excessively hungry. Here are some other ways to be aware of and cognizant of what you're eating while not obsessing over calories. 
keep a pen and paper journal of what you eat during the day with a rough estimate of your portion size. No measuring, no calorie counting, just what you ate. Do something similar, but with a note on your phone, since your phone is more likely to be with you when your piece of paper or your journal may not be. Or try keeping a photographic log of what you ate. If it goes in your mouth, take a picture of it. That way you don't have to write things down, but you do have a record that you can refer to so you know what you ate. All of this is simply data. The data is helping you and informing you along your journey. If the scale goes up, you can look back at your food log, again, not calorie counting, and see what might be contributing to that. The bigger goal is to help you begin to tune into your body's signals and learn what feels good, what feels too full, and what makes you feel sluggish, or maybe what foods impact your sleep. These are all data points that you can use to learn over time how to eat in a way that serves you rather than restricts you.